And like Roy Jones said, I said, y'all must have forgot. Y'all must have forgot. Y queremos Palestina. Libre y libre y libre y viva, viva Palestina. The civil war has been quite fruitless. It's a people defending themselves against a fascist government. Now the revolution has got to be perfect. It's got to be flawless. Well, that isn't my criteria. EMP, the podcast here on the Public Pulse News Network. I am Amin TMK. To my right, your left uh, is Keita the Muscle. What's up, Keita? Ooh, I like it. Keita the Muscle. Keita the Muscle. Uh, to uh, my left, you're right, but to the left of no one, uh, little tanky that could. What's up, LT? Uh, that's correct. No one's to the left of me. I'm to the left of everyone. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what I, <laughs> I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to work on a little routine. Can you tell I'm trying to get my routine? I love it. I love it. See, you have to understand, it is a reference to my great dear friend Robespierre, <laughs> who led the French Revolution, who led to beheading the let them eat cake beast. I felt Terribly superior and awfully great. Uh, it's been a bad month for U.S. picked puppets. Uh, Bolivia's coup leader uh, attempts suicide. Afghanistan leader runs to UAE with a Leorio briefcase full of cash money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are also going to talk about uh, uh, an algorithm that uh, is assessing drug addiction risk. But I thought that it may be fitting to start with uh, probably the story. Oh, no, go ahead. I do have some breaking news as of today. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, we have yet to see what the impacts of this will be geopolitically. But uh, so Guinea, the special forces ha are literally engaging as of this moment uh, in uh, a retaliatory action against the president. Um, now, some things that are interesting to note is this president had... Um, had recently introduced some reforms that was going to cut some of the funding for the military and the police. But but also, also, uh, this same president had been responsible for utilizing that police force in uh, protest the year before uh, in relation to him augmenting the Constitution to allow him to run for a third term. They had been terminating at two uh, he changed it kind of unilaterally. Motherfuckers was protesting. He called the dogs. Dogs, you know what I'm saying, did what dogs do. But now those dogs are removing him. Wow. Okay. So we have that's breaking news. This is you said this is in Guinea. This is, uh, this is the West African nation right now. This is happening. Uh, and last thing is uh, Saudi Arabia, as of this moment, uh, claims to have repelled three ballistic missiles launched at Aramco oil facilities uh, from Yemen. Uh, they're blaming the... The uh, the, the Houthis are, or the Iranians? Right, right, yeah. right. Well, uh, they haven't blamed Iran, but they have blamed the Houthis. Houthis. But they know is, that... They always say right. that they're Iran, quote-unquote, Iran-backed. Right. So... Right. I mean, just was like, yeah, I know exactly This is just breaking blamed. news, so I just want to kick that. Yeah, right, and... Back to you. Yeah, do your own research. Ooh. Maybe we'll follow up with it through the week. Um, <clears throat> uh, but, but I did want to start, now that we're back on our topics... Uh, uh, with with COVID, um, I, I this you know I could read y'all a bunch of stats, um, but I I think we kind of understand what's going on in terms of the loss of life and uh, the significant reduction of uh, quality of life, the reduction of quality of life. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, where where COVID is spiking again here, uh, there was a time around in July where COVID cases, quote unquote, were around two hundred uh, deaths per day and under fifty thousand. Uh, cases now, of course, those numbers 
I'm not saying haven't been cooked. Uh, there are many studies that show that they've been cooked, but let's just go with them because they're they're really devastating. Uh, regardless of how you spend it, um, over, we've been averaging uh, over 1,200 deaths a day for the last two weeks. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about, again, this is a touchy subject, and in no way am I telling people how to think or feel about vaccines. We suggest we love people who get vaccines. We love people who don't get vaccines. You know, have your reasons. Again, this is not what this is about, but I wanted to talk a little bit about all these variants yeah i mean that's what viruses do that's why even before covid the flu uh vaccinations that they give out every year and there's always a different one it's kind of like a they bet their odds on we think it'll be this strain so seeing the flu virus of course covid would gosh of course we're gonna have a lot of variants just because of how this virus is propagated here's the thing about viruses when you're talking about something that's just essentially a quote unquote animated RNA strand, right? I mean, if you think about the fact that humans mutate and this is what causes cancer and evolution and all of these things, with all of the genes we have, think about how much simpler it is for something that is literally just an RNA strand. Of course, it's always making variation, but to a means point, and this is just what I wanna say, uh, again, I think what bothers me so much about the vaccine people uh, pushback for people that don't wanna take vaccine is, the right wing has co-opted these conversations when the reality is I think it's not in good faith for liberals to argue that vaccines are beyond uh, are beyond reproach, right? When we have a his historical fact, even if there wouldn't have been a COVID, there's a reason why black people in general don't tend to take even flu vaccines, right? Uh, a healthy portion of brown and black people have a significant distrust as far as Western medicine goes because those medicines have been used to literally damage our lives. Uh, yeah, sorry, I mean, go no, ahead. No, 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 go, go ahead. ahead. We haven't heard your voice in a while. No, I'm always rapping, <laughs> and this is my topic. I got plenty to talk on it, so jump in. Well, I was gonna say the other side of this is, is uh, if you say that the vaccine is really important, especially for a virus like this that we know is going to create variants and is going to mutate just because it grows at, at such a phenomenal rate, is that then vaccines have to be made available worldwide. We are a global nation. Everything is globalized, right? That every country is kind of interconnected with every other country. But surprise, not surprised, the vaccination companies, first of all, the countries, especially Western countries, the United States in particular and the UK said, hey, even though COVID is really important, it's contributing to a lot of deaths, we're not going to give people a generic version of our vaccines. And then the vaccination companies on top of that, where they were offering it to some countries, their contracts that they were trying to write was like, this is a corporate takeover and it was an entire nation where you have to give us this much profit that we own your G, like it was wild. And so of course these countries legitimately were like, nah, bro, we will figure this shit out ourselves. That of course the virus is gonna to continue to mutate because we're not making the vaccines available worldwide. We should be sharing this with literally everybody that we can. And you hear people scream about vaccines. Um, <clears throat> again, uh, the who, uh, you know, do, do your own research. Uh, the who is more, um, uh, relevant to me than the CDC, that's for sure. And they talked about this early in the coronavirus epidemic. Uh, all of these different corona doesn't care about borders. Borders are fake. So, you know, you you got all these different people now vaccinated and they're traveling to different countries. So you have all of these hot hotbeds for tourist spots. 
uh, Hawaii being one of the, the number one where all these different people are coming vaccinated and they're still spreading the virus. And I wanted to just talk a little bit about these variants. Y'all did a great job. I'm so glad that I have a wealth of knowledge on both of my left and my right. Uh, but uh, the Delta variant, this is the variant that's hitting the United States incredibly hard right now. And, you know, different variants are in different parts of the world. But this variant, the Delta variant, is only 66 percent uh, effective against uh, uh, coronavirus. Um, you, I, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing 26. OK, there's 26 total variants and eight of them are what we call dominant strands. So, I, I mean, I, I read a, uh, a tweet the other day that said, you know, COVID got more strains than than weed. You know what I'm saying? So all of these. So I just want to say, go ahead and just name some of these, the major ones. Uh, beta, Gamma, Delta, Eta, Iota, Kappa, Lambda. And then if you know, if you've been reading, I, I literally just was you know doing our research, yeah. as we do, yeah. as we do. And uh, there is a, another variant that has been found so far in 47 states called the Mu variant. Yeah. Uh, Majin Buu, maybe possibly, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it's pink colored. I don't know. But what, what I'm saying is uh, you, you look at all these things that like you said, with the flu, you, you get the flu vaccine every year because the strain is different. There, there is there is really no way to do this unless you're going to do it. Like Cuba or China or any of these other nations I that mean, we shit on all the time. Fucked up as Australia is, they they were like, okay, we have to shut down. If you come into our country, you're going to be sequestered for two weeks. We will test you again. A lot of it was free, but the United States has a really long history of what it considers as acceptable deaths. They did this with the car industry. They've done this with smoking industry, like the whole tobacco industry. I won't even say smoking tobacco industry where they decided, hey, you know, it will cost us five million dollars in lawsuits if, you know, 20, like two, 200,000 people die. So it's this cost benefit analysis. And, and so when we get to we're always going to have these variants because our government continues to fail us and and governments across the world continue to fail us because we should be at home people should be taken care of people should not be stressed. in vietnam the government is literally giving you your daily fucking bread this is happening you know what i'm saying i'm seeing leftists in vietnam talk about the fact that the government brings food every day and that's how they're handling this shutdown look in dc alone Yesterday, there was 1,362 new cases, three new deaths, and it can't be as simple as just washing it away and saying, this is about unvaccinated people. Look, De La Hoya is in the hospital right now, and he is fully vaccinated. Didn't Jesse Jackson, he also was hospitalized, I believe? Fully vaccinated. And it just shows you, like, how dangerous this is and how... We are still having to worry about what the, I mean, because the Supreme Court, of course, said, hey, it's unlawful to kick people out of their homes or to not let landlords kick people out of their homes during a national like a global pandemic. And it's just so wild to me that the world that we live in where it we've said, OK, this is too much for us to conceive of. And it's OK if this many people die or this many people are chronic. Well, let's Ill. let's again look at the way the government handles this. Right. I mean, if you want mainstream trust of the population, one of the easy things you could do is stop limiting tort reform. When you are putting a, a, a vaccine out that's been rushed to market, even if it's been quote unquote, verified by the FDA when you're talking about people that are literally insiders that worked in pharmaceutical corporations that are now lobbyists that are now in the turnstile that is the federal government and these administrative bodies, right? 
When you're looking at that, remove tort reform. Allow people that are damaged by these to have legal implications to sue. And I think the trust for these kind of factors will go way up in the population. I would say that goes way back. Like corporations said, hey, we shouldn't be allowed to be sued if we force our employees to come to work. A small family run business on Amazon. How they like car com car salesmen were like, well, we're essential business. Our, our people have to hit the lot and try to sell these cars. No, you're not. And, and they totally eluded any accountability to that. And of course, now the retail industry is like, well, nobody wants to work. And same with fast food, like nobody wants to work. You guys are just a bunch of lazy do nothings, not realizing, well, you murdered your previous employees. Of course, nobody wants to work for your ass. Yeah, all great points. I, uh, again, I just wanted to reiterate, you know, all the things that you're saying, um, you know, the government, unfortunately, or fortunately, is not out here for your benefit. So when you hear all of these different politicians all of these different mainstream news sources going get vaccinated get vaccinated get vaccinated get vaccinated again we're not trying to politicize that although it is already politicized what we're trying to say is unfortunately the cdc dr fauci all these people are compromised they in fact are also politicized and it's difficult because now the onus goes on directly to the people and i never try to blame the people of course we can't but now it's difficult because you have to say look all of my friends all of the people that i'm around Look, I get that you're vaccinated, but we can't go outside. We can't be involved in these sporting events, going to get brunch. I mean, these, this is, we in a post-brunch world, okay? I'll never love again. Y'all, we need to be out here focusing. Again, I posted something on <clears throat> uh, Public Pulse, today Public Pulse News on Instagram saying, you know, mutual aid is very important. People are losing their homes. People are don't have food to eat. Like, this is supposed to be, quote-unquote, like the most rich country in the world, but yet we don't see these things. But in places like China and Vietnam and Cuba and and uh, Australia, New Zealand, you know, we're seeing tremendous a actions by the government to actually stop coronavirus. So we just want to put that out there. Hey, it's not just about unvaccinated people. It's all these other geopolitical uh, issues. Like Kita said, again, we're talking about not allowing a generic version of the vaccine to exist. They just raised the prices of these vaccines, even though they're becoming less effective. Uh, brown, black people in this country have much higher, uh, not catching the virus rates, but death rates. Why? Because they don't have access. We are here in D.C., you know, in terms of the amount of COVID cases, a little bit low. But in terms of the amount of deaths, very high. Yeah. And that's because this is a, mainly a black city. Yeah. And, uh, and how know. it ties back to gentrification and how Mayor Bowser, our mayor, just, you know, wants clean streets, which really always is code for kick out all the black people. And even in D.C., you have a... You have a, a separation of vaccines. Towards more you go to the Northwest, more people are vaccinated, more people are less likely to die because of the vaccine. But you come five miles down to the Southeast side, those numbers are very different. I mean, it's biological racism. This is the bottom line. Uh, and that's a term that we don't think about a whole lot. We don't talk about it a whole lot, but it is what it is. Yo, man, you know what's wild to me is like- What is wild? When you sell your motherfucking soul, you sell out your fucking people. You promise to these fucking billionaires, hey, don't worry, you can set up shop here. You can exploit all of our natural resources. You can pay the indigenous people pennies. And then the indigenous people take that shit back over. We've seen this happen all over the world. It's happened all over it's fucking South America. you just seen it happen again. And fucking mm -hmm. Global South getting it popping. Islamic State and fucking Afghanistan. You're seeing these happen. But what's wild to me 
how the motherfucking Americans leave these niggas holding the bag? That was what always happened with the Soviets in the 60s. It's like, <laughs> why do we trust these niggas, man? You like, you bet everything uh, on communism, you know what I'm saying? You Cuba know, did that I shit. I just think of the Boondock song, you know? Don't trust those new niggas over there. Don't trust them new niggas over there. So then, you know what I'm saying? These motherfuckers be wondering what the fuck is going to happen. So like in Bolivia, if y'all remember, about a year or two ago, uh, they were uh, there was a coup by uh, Janine Inez, who uh, who essentially took back all the land from the right wing, conservative, fascist, Christian, super. You know what I'm saying? They promised all of the rare earth mineral resources to dun, 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 everybody's favorite fucking billionaire, Elon Musk. Because we'll coup oh. whoever we want. Dead ass said we will coup. Whoever we want. Well, they lost. You know what I'm saying? The indigenous are back in power. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She has been imprisoned for her roles in this. I mean, and we're not talking about just a coup, right? We're talking about, let me put this in black and white. She led literal death squads that went through the nation killing protesters, which is something we claim to care about in this country, but they were indigenous people who wanted to keep their ancestral lands so no one gave a fuck about that well the new government is in they gave a fuck about it now say they haven't threatened to kill her they could have killed her by rights you know what i'm saying this happens in coups motherfuckers get shot in coups all the fucking time they just took her into custody she attempted suicide of course they saved her ass she still got to deal with justice in afghanistan the motherfucker's been lining their pockets same shit rare earth minerals because you got to remember Whereas the 20th century conflicts were about oil and petrochemicals, the wars in the 21st century will be about water and rare earth minerals. And Afghanistan is worth $3 trillion worth of rare earth minerals. And we need those resources. That's what I hear. Like it's got all these resources. They're hoarding those resources that the world needs. And by the world. All I know is Juan Guaido <laughs> quiet as a motherfucking squirrel fight right now, boy. He really, he really made it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm seeing. And I think this uh, kind of puts in context uh, a book that I just finished that you recommended. I, I, I think you uh, read it as well, Kita. Economic Hitman. You're seeing what the, the ins and outs of the court, corp, I never can say this word, Corporatocracy. 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 Uh, you, you know, we talk about Halliburton. You talk about all these places. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really tough in Afghanistan, except for Lockheed Martin. They was doing their thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there are all these economic hit jobs that are being done on these countries. So now you have, uh, you know, the Islamic Emirate. You know, we don't know exactly who those people are. Well, we do. I don't want to get too much into that. But, you know, these people are. Why, why? How could you be in a country for 20 years and say, I hate the United States? That's my bad. I did call them the Islamic State earlier, which is different. That is ISIS. Islamic Emirate is what the Taliban call themselves. They're yeah. very different organizations. I want accountability on that. So that's no, my bad. Thank you for correcting. You know, the crack team was also on it. So thank you, crack team. Um, yeah. But uh, again, you know, like this conversation surrounding like. Oh, well, what are these countries doing? Like, they're so bad. They're so this. There is so much nuance. Just like we talking about with Corona. So much nuance. Please do your own research. But that's what we're trying to discuss here. You, you got to go deeper than surface level mainstream news. And I think everyone can see if you are paying attention that, you know, not as all uh, what it not as all what it seems. Any more thoughts? Your homie flew to the motherfucking UAE with a bag of money. <laughs> <What> a, <laughs> with I a just, bag of money, <laughs> bro. Like, dead ass. Dollars flying out of the briefcase. The Americans have pulled up. I gotta get the fuck out of here. We cross. You know, the Taliban niggas ain't gonna let me sell all this heroin and shit. You know, they have real strong. I can't even have a fucking beer, man. Why take my money? This motherfucker's gonna. 
Yeah, well, uh, dude, you remember uh, what was that shit with um SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants when a uh, dude was being robbed? And he's like, "Don't take me life, don't take me money." Okay, you can take me life, but don't take me money. This motherfucker, man. Didn't think we was getting a Mr. Krabs reference, but oh, right. yeah, I especially love it. from emotion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're uh, well-read and well-watched, uh, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of game in SpongeBob, okay? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right. You want to move on? Keita, uh, what you got? Yes, yes. So uh, a lot of folks should probably be aware that the United States has been engaged in a cold war on drugs um, for a very, very long time, right? Um, and over the past two decades, the U.S. Department of Justice has poured hundreds of millions of dollars into developing and maintaining uh, state-level prescription drug databases so that they can essentially create a registry and track which prescriptions uh, are going to which people. Um, and it's it's all part of this like prescription drug monitoring program. Uh, the last holdout was Missouri, but they're definitely going to join. Uh, the, the issue so with all this, 50 states. Yeah, all 50 oh, states. Okay, all great. 50 states. Missouri was the last. Um, so this this database uh, called NARCSCARE, N-A-R-X. But, you know, if you heard N-A-R-C-S, also accurate, right? Uh, so, Narc's Care, um, what a lot of people in chronic uh, disabilities or who are in chronic pain are finding out is that their prescriptions are getting rejected or their doctors are saying, hey, like, we can't give this to you. We have to give you something else. And so uh, it came out in a news article that one woman who, you know, wants to keep her privacy naturally uh, found out that she was rejected for and she was in constant pain. So she was rejected. She tried to do the research, found out about Narc's Care. And they, this database had said, hey, you're high level risk of addiction and we can't give you this prescription, even though, you know, maybe you are in pain. But what, what the fuck does an algorithm care? Uh, and the reason I want to talk about this is because, of course, we're ceding like a lot to technology, to algorithms. And I talk about this a lot. Like, what does this mean? Uh, particularly when you're dealing with human beings who are not an algorithm. They can't like n naturally fit into these neat little piles, especially when we're coming to uh, talk about chronic pain and disabilities. And disability advocates have been on this for a really long time about the opioid crisis and how it would like hurt people and about having that more nuanced conversation about what drug addiction means that people you know should be given the drugs that they are craving and at least they do it in a very safe controlled environment methadone than, clinics yeah methadone like clinics mm -hmm. yeah yeah um and so disability advocates were like hey have been talking long long time ago about how this is fucked up. And now this algorithm is legitimately denying people the care that they need. And how our healthcare now, whether we're healthy, what is what does that mean? What does our body need? Are is like is the doctor listening to us is now controlled by another algorithm that tells doctors how they can dispense prescriptions, but also in some ways how they can dispense care. So yeah, so it's just privatized healthcare. We talk about Remember Purdue, Purdue, the the Sackler family uh, who uh, was sued and I think it was like a, they lost like a two billion dollar lawsuit immediately um, filed for bankruptcy and now now it looks more and more like they're not going to have to pay anything. Um, you know we talk about this a lot how uh, opioids in general are used to control the public. You know what I'm saying? It that has happened for 
you know, longer than the United States has existed. But, you know, I, I, it is difficult because there are people that are addicted to, to opioids and now are going to have to have them in some capacity the rest of their lives. And, you know, like you said, that's going to require, require constant care. That is just like having, not just like having a disability, but again, you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. Well, say something? Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, you, if, if you are addicted you. to opium for the rest of your life, I mean, that is a chronic condition that you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. And again, this is the conversation where you said the cold world, cold war on drugs, you know, but it, it really is a war on poor people in poverty. And, you know, who yep. put who put who got the boats? OK, right. The, the people in the hood got boats and planes to move the shit over here. Look, man, you know, I normally don't even talk that shit. But look, you can't begin to understand. There's two things you need to look at before you can even begin to have a real conversation about the drug war. One, Anslinger and his views on brown people and black people and how marijuana was used as a trans, uh, <laughs> as a, as a, as a, as a gateway to fucking white women. She's on Right. And then also understand the West connection through the French connection, which literally moved state levels of dope. And when I say state, I don't mean like Alabama. I mean like the state of France, the state of Britain, the state of the United States. Yes. And it kind of feels a little bit because we talked about this with the tobacco company. Um, and I don't know that this is the case, but it's always sitting in the back of my mind. Like, OK, Narc's Care, Apris. Who is that? Is it owned by pharmaceutical companies who are complicit in 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 this opioid crisis? Quite honestly, and look at how the language plays, right? Narcs care, but also narcs care, right? At the <laughs> at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Look, I was like, oh, that's an unironic play on words. Luciano, perhaps one of the most dangerous non-government men of the 20th century, said the only thing that frightened him was the French operatives that he was dealing with helping him move the fucking heroin. And it's it's super fucked up because, of course, Apris is going to be, and Narc's care are going to be like, no, nothing should supersede a doctor's diagnosis. Uh, but the fact is, is that doctors are terrified. That, like, um, what they found out is that the physicians, doctors are legally required to consult this database or they could lose their license. In some states, uh, we have to look up exactly what states, but in some states, police and federal law enforcement officers can also access this database, which blows my mind because I'm like, what the wow. fuck happened to HIPAA? But they can access this database in many cases without a warrant to prosecute both doctors and patients. They say that, you know, when you have, like, Oh, the government. Remember how oh, the government can't do healthcare? They just mess it up. But you see this technology. Literally, there's an algorithm saying when people need medications. And this shit is playing out in real time. You got Steve Bonner, dumbass, out in front of a fucking hospital, like, I'm out of my Oxycontin. Uh, fucking conspiracy. I'll never love again. Like, no, bro. The, the algorithm said that you were fucking addict. And it's just so wild because we were talking about like this too with what Texas did recently and. Also that, you know, with school back in session, a lot of schools are like, well, we can't mandate masks, but we can actually absolutely control what medications you take, like how your doctor gives you, in some cases, life-saving care or at least quality of life care. Uh, as a person who uh, knows a little bit about drug entrepreneurship, of course, I would never do anything legal, illegal personally. Um, you know what I'm saying? But I've watched a lot of shows. Um, <laughs> you know, whatever do you? Yeah, I watched a lot of shows. Um, you know, uh, early, uh, you know, in the 
when opioids were being put in pill form, you know, they had a drug called Oxycontin. It's supposed to change the game. It was uh, coded that way. It could have a, you know, a delayed release into the bloodstream and into the system. So what they were doing is they were giving these people 120 milligrams worth of this incredibly powerful drug. And because of all of these, quote, you know, the, the opioid scare and all of that, instead of helping those people, they did these kinds of uh, measures where they just reduce immediately the amount that you can take. So now you're going from 120 milligrams per day to 20 milligrams per day. He might so, have a problem. So exactly. But you got these people super high off these opioids. Now there is now you, you, you trying to reduce these things because it's going to, I don't know, reduce the risk. But now these people have been addicted by you. This is a model we see with the cigarette companies. We see with, uh, uh, you know, like we said, the, the Sackler family. These things are built into their business models that these people will be addicted. Now, you've done this to these people. And now they don't have an opportunity to you can't just stop taking and, and, opioids. And I think it ties back into the original point about lack of trust from the populace as Great it relates point. to pharmaceutical corporations. Yeah. The yeah. FDA said somewhere Oxycontin is a perfectly fine drug. I mean, this shit is worse than Quaaludes. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> and Quaaludes yeah. fucked up everybody hey, in the Quaaludes 80s. were Approved by the FDA. No, yeah, absolutely. A lot of controlled substances are, and so kind of this is their response to it. Like, well, you're right. We should monitor it. And it's like, you're not monitoring yourselves. That was the problem, guys. Now you're monitoring people who, like, need these medications and prescriptions. We should start a hashtag says not a conspiracy theory. Because, like, (laughs) motherfuckers wouldn't believe some of this shit, man. Fucking heroin created by the American Medical Association. Not a conspiracy theory. Quick hits. Quick hits. Uh, let's get us going. Thring. Final round. Look, it, it, it would be wild to not talk about the number one topic for most Western activists this week. Of course, what happened in Texas. Uh, I think it's important to remind everybody again. Uh, Biden did not do anything really seriously to stand in the way of the new Supreme Court. Fucking pick. Everybody knew this person was extremely to the right. This person said he had no fucking problem with that person. Um, But I think also uh, these conversations have been hashed out to death. I'm just going to say this. I think most people are discussing abortion access um, through a lens that is not particularly useful for understanding the phenomena. And what I mean by that is, although it will affect women of color, um, realistically american abortion laws are about one thing only christian fundamentalist desire to make sure white women can bring white babies to term eugenics if there was any way for them to make sure that black women had abortions all the time they would i mean it's called the american medical association medical apartheid okay uh you know me i i i want to talk a little local news here uh muriel bowser no mambo muriel uh this past tuesday at a news conference um you know she was talking about a a video that came out of course of police brutality an egregious you know i mean again i don't want more to talk about this police brutality um a young a 23 year old man in dc was being beaten mercilessly by several different police officers and she you know she came out and she was like well that was a little excessive force but a little excessive force but uh, she thinks that the suspect should be placed under arrest regardless of that viral vi- video. 
Um, and again, she, you know, was saying that, you know, allegedly this person had a ghost gun and these things have not been proven, but she still wants to have this person locked up after they were mercilessly beat by many members the of the Metropolitan Police does Department. does not apply to black people. Uh, also, this is how black people and black women are complicit in systems that harm us. Identities don't inherently make you radical. And this is something we just have to face this. Identities have a chance. I mean, you're, you're, you're exposed to all of the different biases of the system, but they don't inherently make you radical. It's only your choices that allow that to happen. So, um, In some somewhat promising news. Promising news? Yeah, promising news. I just, I wanted to share something that like feels good. Uh, unless, if you're a nerd like me anyway. So uh, in July, the Federal Trade Commission uh, unanimously voted to enforce the right to repair. So right to repair is do you have the authority or the freedom or you know the uh, accessibility to repair your own devices? The, I think the thing that always comes to people's brains first are laptops, your phones, like maybe your headphones, uh, especially now that everybody's forced to do Bluetooth. Um, but I would like to say that right to repair honestly goes to even bigger things that we might not conceive of, which is like your stove your refrigerator if you happen to have a dishwasher your dishwasher so major appliances having the right to repair to that because with everything being connected to the internet a lot of these companies kind of found a workaround to say like well first of all <laughs> forced obsolescence and this contributes to that right companies were like hey actually we're going to make sure our products break down in five years so consumers will be forced to buy a new one the issue with right to repair was companies weren't only doing that but uh Apple was a big proponent of this, especially where they were like, hey, actually, if you even try to open the back of this device you of your like smartphone, you have voided the warranty. And uh, also, this still won't last past three years, but you can't take it like say your screen broke. I think the iPhone is notorious for the screen breaking yeah, or cracking or anything like that. Back in the day. We used to just pop that sucker out and swap in a new screen. Same thing with the batteries. Like, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a generational difference that people didn't know. Yeah, you could pop the battery out your phone, out your laptop, put a new one in, and you'd you be good as a bitch in here. Um, but unfortunately, these companies made it impossible to change out the batteries, then made it impossible to even open your device. I tried to change out, like, my laptop screen, and it's not even that old. I think I got it back, like, in 2000. Um and I took it to a repair shop and they were like, yeah, you know, it'll cost you $500 to fix this screen. And that's like what right to repair is about too. Not just, hey, can I change this out? But is it gonna cost me such exorbitant amounts of money that it's easier to buy a new device? Like $500 for some people is, I just have to get a whole new laptop or hope yeah. someone gifts me one. And same thing with all of your other devices. If your washing machine breaks, a lot of people were looking at that and it's like, yeah, maybe you just need to swap out a hose. TVs are another great example. Like, hey, our screens pop out. We can't even like figure out why suddenly the screen goes black. But we can't take it to a repair shop because they're like, oh, it'll cost you more money to repair this and fix it, swap out a new screen and keep it for another five years, then just, hey, we got this new shiny device. Don't you want this like HD bending screen? I remember when I was coming <laughs> up, that was a real job, man. You know what I'm saying? Repairman was a real job. It was a good blue collar job where you could be a handyman with technology and, and make a living. You know, uh, up until, psh, not that long ago, you st I mean, you still got a couple of people out there building their own PCs and whatnot, but like, 
has become a very niche thing. You now you just buy a new one. And it's another conversation surrounding uh, sustainability for the vegans out here. You know, all these people are throwing things away. We're consuming at a rapid pace. It's not just cow farts. You know what I'm saying? All of these different batteries, all these lithium batteries, they're going back on, you know, into these um, landfills. You know what I'm saying? That's contaminating the ground. Like we consumption. There is no ethical consumption in late-stage capitalism. Um, I just want to, you know, uh, book in that, right? When we're talking about throwing away lithium devices, this is literally the kind of stuff that's leading to the coups in these South American mm. nations because these are not things where we can just charge them again and renew them. And so literally these things become wars just to keep people's profits up. That's inhumane as shit. So right to repair is good. The, these tech companies are going to lie to you and say it's not good. And we really need the Federal Trade Commission to actually enforce these rules. Love it. Tank shit. Uh, Public Pulse News on Instagram and TikTok. Hey, listen, y'all. We are on Patreon. Patreon slash Public Pulse. Uh, we have new. We have things that are going to be coming directly only to the Patreon. There's just some things we can only put to the Patreon. Help us. Um, you know, if you and just in a larger, uh, larger idea, mutual aid so important right now. If you got it, if you got some extra bread, you know, give it to the people who need it most. We're talking about survival, uh, not just for us and our little affinity group here, but for uh, the masses in large. Um, much love to y'all. Uh, what what else? Oh, uh, f uh, follow us. Oh, I already said to follow us. Um, uh, review us on Apple. Uh, even though we just talk shit about Apple, yeah, fuck does. Apple, and we'll but do keep review us there. Shit about Apple. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, Amin TMK, uh, Keita the Muscle, Little Tanky that could. Any final thoughts, gang? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know, I know. I told you that you could have access to the lithium, but the people had guns. Please get me the fuck out. They're coming. I hear them. Airlift me. Essence in the air. They're hoarding those resources that the world needs.